And Juan, uh, you begin by reminding people of previous comeback kids, one famously Bill Clinton, who did very poorly in the Iowa caucuses and then started coming back in New Hampshire and ended up winning the Democratic nomination in 1992. And then you also talk about John McCain, who uh, also was feeble in Iowa in 2008, but then uh, made a dramatic comeback uh, starting in New Hampshire. So your answer is, uh, is uh, Ron DeSantis the next John McCain or the next Bill Clinton who comes roaring back after being counted out? Uh, not this time. I think uh, if there's any prize to be taken, as I wrote in the column, I think for DeSantis it's the booby prize, Michael, because I think uh, he's he's conducting what looks like the biggest presidential primary misfire in American history because he's, you know, the for people in the game of politics, money is everything. And you know what? He set a record there already. He has burned through more money, his super PAC, uh, than it raised in the first, I think, the second quarter. But he's burned through like $34 million. Um, and his campaign has also gotten rid of a third of its staff. They're on their second campaign manager. And maybe most telling of all, the biggest donor has said he's stopped giving money to DeSantis uh, because he objects to DeSantis signing a six-week ban on abortion in the state of Florida. So it's it's a really it's hard it's going to be hard and I maybe you know just apart from all the internal numbers all the metrics that people look at just think for a second you know what have we seen on the campaign trail is it the case that Ron DeSantis <laughs> like a Bill Clinton walks into a room and everybody just goes oh my god oh my god don't you want to meet him don't, you know even George W Bush don't you want to have a drink with him he could be my pal no there's that human touch just doesn't seem to be there with uh, Ron DeSantis. So um, I think that's why we've seen the slide in the polls with even Chris Christie now ahead of him in New Hampshire. Uh, you know, his numbers are down about 10 points overall, according to uh, the most recent Fox News poll. So it it's, doesn't look good at the moment. So he really needs, as you were saying at the top of the show, Michael, he needs a breakout. The question is, how can he do it? Well, you you raise uh, two two questions in your column, and you've just raised them again here. Uh, one being just the question of personality. This is not somebody with a uh, tremendous amount of natural charisma, uh, or somebody that you're just drawn to. Uh, and, and Bill Clinton, uh, like him or not, or approve of his presidency or not, he had that quality. Uh, John McCain certainly had that quality. Uh, Absolutely. Ron DeSantis does not. The other question that people bring up, you also raise in your column, which is that um, he's really seemed very timid about hitting back at Trump. Trump just says the worst things, the nastiest things about DeSantis. And DeSantis uh, still, still seems to be trying to campaign as Trump light. And as you put put it, uh, why should people select Trump light when they can get the real thing? It's still at the market. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't have to go to the tribute band. The real band's still playing, and that's Trump. <laughs> you know, the thing of it is, 
you know, from my way of looking at it, because I'm interested in the idea of a comeback. What a great political story, right, for a political writer. Comeback. Hey, don't overlook Ron DeSantis. So it's not like I'm trying to bury the guy. Don't mistake me. I'd be very interested if, in fact, he was poised to make a stunning comeback and prove me wrong. But the fact is that for all the numbers I just cited to you, maybe the most compelling number is this, that, you know, Donald Trump right now, with all of his indictments, four indictments, has about 52% of Americans who say they could not vote for him in the general election. Well, wait a second. Hold on. If that's the case, Ron DeSantis has said, I am the better candidate. Pay attention, Republican primary voters, caucus goers in Iowa. I'm the better candidate in the general election. I can win. I can return Republicans to power. But guess what? Even with this in hand, his numbers, DeSantis's numbers, continue to slip. And you have to think to yourself, well, why is it that his most powerful message at this moment is failing with Republican voters? And I've got to believe it has to do with the fact, the lack of charisma that we've been talking about, but also because he's running as Trump light. And people are saying, well, wait a second. You are trying. I mean, you're the one on, on, you know, saying the harsh things about gay people taking on a big corporation like Disney. You're the one who says nasty things about people uh, left and right, uh, you know, says that uh, race, things like slavery, you know, are overestimated in American history. I mean, and people are saying, well, maybe we don't like you. Maybe that's it. But I just noticed his biggest argument that he is more electable. It's falling flat. Well, then that brings us to, uh, we have a debate tomorrow night. There are eight people on the stage. It's not going to be that, that crowded stage with a, uh, a junior varsity team and a varsity team competing. Uh, they had 17 people in 2016. Right. This is eight. So it's more manageable. Uh, who do you pick as uh, the the shining star who could maybe just emerge from the pack tomorrow night? Well, from my perspective, I think Chris Christie is most likely to make news because he has been, <laughs> you know, unalloyed in going after Trump. And I think the gotcha question tomorrow night is when Brett Baer and Martha McCallum of Fox News say, okay, was the 2020 election stolen from Donald Trump? Who wants to answer first? Well, everyone's going to answer. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? People are going to, that's going to be the piece of tape that's replayed the most across the country because you're going to say, oh, these are people who refuse to acknowledge reality. They're still locked in the past. They're locked into Donald Trump. They're kissing up to Trump. They all want to be VP. And, but Chris Christie's the one guy who might say, this is ridiculous. That, that's absurd. I think if you think about, being the anti-Trump candidate, it would be Chris Christie. It would be, you know, I don't know if Hurd and Hutchinson are going to get on uh, stage. Hurd's not going to be there. Hutchinson will. Well, I, you know, so there's one lane, if you think of it in this way. So Trump is in the lead, and he's, in fact, his lead has grown in recent days. So there's the Trump lane, and it looks like DeSantis is, as we've described in Michael, Trump light, but he's in the Trump lane. He wants Trump supporters to see him as their alternative if Trump falters. Okay, so he's the tr in the Trump lane. But the major 
challenger to him in the Trump lane is of Republicans who are future-oriented. So I would say Vivek Ramaswamy. I would say Nikki Haley, Tim Scott. Um, You know, I think these are people who are talking the future, talking about a party once Trump is out of the way. And I think that for the super PAC that's backing DeSantis, they they see this as the major threat. They do not see Christie as the threat because they think the fact that Trump has such a strong, loyal base means that Christie can't get the nomination. Um, and they so that's what they want to do. They want to eliminate anybody who's talking about a future for the Republican Party. What about uh, the controversy about Vivek Ramaswamy uh, saying the government hasn't told us the truth about 9-1-1, that uh, uh, September 11th, uh, that the government hasn't told us the truth about uh, January 6th. Uh, he's He's been uh, pretty out there. He's also, uh, in his book, he talked about raising the inheritance tax to 59%, which you yeah. think wouldn't go over well with Republicans. No, you know, so I think that this is, you know what, you don't need a political analyst here, Michael. You need a shrink because there's so much right (laughs) now going on in in American public life about UFOs, you know, and conspiracy (laughs) theories and QAnon. I can go on and on. You know, people, the, the lack of trust in institutions, much of it promulgated by Trump, but is widespread. And so Ramaswamy thinks he can tap into this sense that, you know what, no one's telling us the truth. There's something out there. This kind of paranoia and suspicion and, I, you know, so he's, he, he's decided that his way into the Trump base is through the conspiracy lane. Um, so to me, this is ridiculous, and he's giving up his strongest calling card, which is he's different, he's fun, he can be engaging, he's quite articulate and, you know, looks to me like a very potent candidate in the Republican future, but he's giving it up because he decides that, gee, if I could get some of these conspiracy folks to come along with me, maybe I have a shot right now. Ahead of, uh, this is from the Daily Beast, just breaking news. Ahead of uh, Wednesday night's primary debate on Fox News, uh, the 38-year-old biotech entrepreneur, that's Ramaswamy, posted a video of himself smashing tennis balls while shirtless alongside a caption that read three hours of solid debate prep this morning the topless tennis tweet came just days after it was reported that florida governor ron DeSantis camp urged him to hammer ramaswamy at the debate uh, does it tell you something that the two guys who have appeared shirtless in in this campaign are Robert Kennedy Jr. running as a Democrat and Ramaswamy running as, well, as a uh, Trump-lane Republican? Yeah, well, I wouldn't imagine (laughs) if it was Trump we'd be in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... So uh where do we where do we go from here because uh Kimberly Strassel had a uh strong column that suggested that everybody is talking about how Trump is unelectable Trump can't win 
Uh, she's arguing that because of the age issue and because of Hunter Biden and everything else, Biden can't win. Uh, where where do you come down on that? Well, you know, they've the Republicans, and I think it's been an intriguing strategy in terms of conservative media. They they have honed in on Hunter Biden to try to distract people, quite obviously, from all the travails of the former president, all the indictments this week, even after the debate he's going to be booked in Georgia. So that's their strategy, but they have yet to provide any direct tie between anything that Hunter Biden did wrong and Hunter Biden's father, the president, Joe Biden. If they can do that, then Democrats will pay attention, and I think you'll see a huge shift in the narrative. But for now, all it's doing is saying to people, oh, my gosh, look at the Look at the desperation of the Trump acolytes to try to, you know, get people not to focus on all that Trump has done wrong. Um, so I think right now Democrats are activated by Trump to turn out and the abortion issue, good for the Democrats. It's right now even the economy, even as most Americans are kind of like, I don't know about this economy. I don't. Think, but look, look at the spending, look at the GDP, look at the unemployment rate. Some of that could benefit Biden ultimately next year. So I think Biden's not in bad shape, not great. His approval rating is way low for an incumbent. But if he runs against Trump, wow, I think he can do very well. Are they going to debate? Would they both oh, they come to debate. a debate? Is oh, sure. I think that's true. Yes, I do think that would be happening. Uh-huh. And uh, should uh, Biden worry about that? Because, again, uh, last time he seemed to be very frustrated with President Trump. I, I, that first debate was painful to watch, didn't you think? <laughs> painful. I was there. I was in pain. Uh, yeah. I remember Chris Wallace just couldn't. I mean, they were. Trump was talking over Biden. Trump wasn't answering questions. Uh, it, it was very difficult. Yes, and Biden, Biden lost it too. But, but Biden, <laughs> Biden said it, it. It was. It was not a uh, a highlight. Uh, who drops out tomorrow? After tomorrow, who's the first one to drop out? I think uh, Heard Hutchison. Uh,